Welcome to Unshut, where nothing is off the table, keeping quiet and holding back is no longer an option. I am your host, Mo. Thank you so much for tuning in. Welcome. Hi. You're my first guest on the podcast. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yes, of course. So oh. let's start with you introducing okay. your name. Okay. Oh. Let's tell everyone <laughs> yeah. who who are you? Who is yeah. the stranger in my house right now? Okay, so hey y'all. My name is Amaya from Orange County, the OC. I moved to Texas four years ago, went to Texas State, and now I'm in Austin, Texas. I'm a production assistant for Connect Her. It's a nonprofit that focuses on global women's issues and igniting social change through film. So I love what I do and I'm also a content creator. I want to start off by sharing a quick story with you. I came across your profile mm -hmm. because we were at an event together. Yeah. We missed each other. Mm -hmm. I happened to be there before you. I left maybe five minutes before you got there. Fast forward to like the end of the event, I saw them starting to tag you on stuff as well. This is why I believe in a lot of like manifestation uh -huh. because when I clicked on your page, of course I snooped. Yeah, right? yeah. I have to go through all your photos. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? I think she's gonna be a good person to eventually DM. Yeah. Fast forward to I'm now starting a podcast. It's interesting how you don't know how something's going to work out because yeah. I was literally thinking a reel or yeah. maybe doing like a photo shoot together. Yeah. Oh my god, I would love that. And now we're here doing a podcast yeah. together. So, <laughs> so wow, yeah. that is amazing. I never think about like people looking at my page at all. Mm -hmm. I don't know why, but I'm just like, oh my gosh. Like it just clicked that mm -hmm. I'm like, people be looking. I have no idea. You yeah. never know who's watching. You never know you who's really watching. You really don't ever know who's watching. The the concept of stranger danger was mm -hmm. for me to creatively figure out how to take my networking skills, mm -hmm. be creative with the podcast and yeah. how do I mix both of them together. Yeah. Instagram, Facebook specifically, um, my space days too, I'm a little older than you. So and I thought, how can I bring that to this table? Because networking is something I've done my entire career and mm -hmm. I'm, I like to think I'm kind of good at it. So how can I apply that into podcasting? Yeah. And so I brainstormed this idea of stranger mm -hmm. danger. Yeah. Let's meet some of my followers in person for the first time yeah. and just record it. That way we mm. don't stay just friends through computers mm -hmm. or through our phones. Mm -hmm. So... Here we are. Welcome to Stranger I love Danger. That. What a, it's a great idea. Because I don't go to strangers' house. Yeah. Honestly, like, even going to events, I don't talk to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And so I texted my brother. I was like, hey, are you free? <laughs> are you free? <laughs> He's like, if I don't hear from you in two hours, yeah. I'm busting out the door. Yes. Well, and, like, it's, okay. and isn't it funny how, like, and I thought about this after I invited you over. Because <laughs> I thought, you know what? If I invited her over to, like, a studio. Yeah. Yeah. like a commercial space mm -hmm. it would be totally different yeah but because i'm having you come over to my house, house. yeah it's so different side note you guys being from california mm -hmm. another thing i did not know until recently so let's start with that what was growing up in california like for you no one's ever really asked yep. me that <laughs> um so i'm from irvine i don't know if you've ever mm -hmm. heard of irvine so we call it the bubble it was the safest city in america at one point very green everything's like meticulously placed it almost doesn't feel real very diverse 50 percent of the population is asian and two percent of the population is black so i grew up being the only black girl in my grade a lot 
that was very very rough because I wanted to I mean you want to fit in you know just mm -hmm. naturally when you get into a community you want to connect with people you want to look like people you want mm -hmm. to act like you know others around you and I didn't and then on top of that up until I was seven I was raised just by my mom and she was raised by her mom and that was my white side of my family. And so I didn't really have any connection to my black side at all. Gotcha. Um, and I realized in these past couple of years, I honestly believed in white supremacy. Like I just thought white people were better. Mm -hmm. And I thought the best thing that I could do with my life is marry a white man. Nope, not going to college, you know, like nothing. It was like, let me just marry a white man. And then, um, you know, the, the mixed kid fetish was totally into that of like, oh, the curly blonde hair and the blue eyes and a light skin but a wow. tan like I believed it so much and I wanted that yeah. but that's what the media told me so what my environment told me and I just believed it and mind you my support system I feel like it's unmatched. Like, I would not be where I'm at without my support system, my family, my friends. I'm glad that I grew up where most of the people there spoke different languages. Like, mm -hmm. I would walk down the halls and not understand the conversations going on. Yeah. Because everybody was speaking a different language. Like, it was just so diverse. The fact that I grew up where there were more girls wearing hijabs than there were black people. Like, that's yeah. not a very common American experience. Right. So... I think with growing up around all of those cultures, cultures, I've made it my mission for there to be diversity and inclusion wherever I go. And constantly I'm like, oh, if it's not, I'm bringing it to the table. You have to take up that space. Absolutely. So, Especially yeah. when you know what it's like to not feel included or mm -hmm. what it's like to feel like the odd one out. Mm -hmm. Interestingly enough, when it comes to growing up in California, so many people think, and yes, California is very diverse. Yeah. For me, for example, I grew up with a lot of Armenians mm, in school as well. Mm -hmm. So I was in like Pasadena area, Highland mm -hmm. Park, okay. where it was primarily Hispanic. Yeah. But there were a lot of other races mm -hmm. there. Yeah. But when I was a lot younger, when I was in maybe kindergarten, being in the Hollywood area, I grew up with a lot of white and Armenian people there. Mm -hmm. And so it's interesting because you think that because it's so diverse, yeah. you will not feel like you're out. Yeah. But it's not like that. Nope. It's one of the reasons why I try to be so inclusive as well mm -hmm. with other people. Because I know what it's like to... Mm -hmm be around so many other races, but yet still feeling so out. Mm -hmm. And people have this idea that because you grew up in a place like California, mm -hmm. where it's so diverse, mm -hmm. you don't feel that, but it's not. It's not. Know? Yeah. What I always tell people is, you know, America's like, oh, we're a melting pot. We're not a melting pot. We're a poorly untossed salad. Like, oh, I love that. <laughs> like, if you really think about it, yes. like, you know, white people, they're the majority, so they're going to be the lettuce. Mm -hmm. But then if you don't toss your salad right and really mix it, it's like you got some carrots over there, some tomatoes. Like, it's we're all kind of in our own ethnic groups. And then, like, we kind of mingle and touch each other yeah. a little bit. But there's not that inclusion. There's not that integration. But, yeah, that's what I tell people. I'm like, we're really an untossed salad because it's like, oh, this is Chinatown. This is Koreatown. I personally... I personally hope that people that tune in mm -hmm. understand that concept. Mm -hmm. I remember when I moved from California to Colorado, mm -hmm. which 
Is Colorado even the West Coast? Is that considered the West Coast? I don't think so. Listen, geography is not okay. So, <laughs> it's on the West know. side. It's on the, the West, west side <laughs> of the states. <laughs> yeah. So we'll, it's ta- it, we'll, we'll take it. We'll take you know, it. But it's not too far from <laughs> yeah. California. Yeah. When I moved to Colorado, it was the first time I learned what a spick was. Wait, I, I don't know what that is. It's just a it's a it's a really bad term for uh-huh. like an immigrant. It's supposed to be something very rude. Mm-hmm. I learned what that word was when we mm-hmm. moved out there. And mm-hmm. I also realized how many people did not know where Guatemala was. Mm-hmm. The amount, and I'm talking like fucking teachers. Like S- teachers would be like, who are you from? Guatemala? Is that in Mexico? What part of no, Mexico no, is no, that no. from? No, no. I couldn't even make this up. And it was for the first time that I realized like, oh my gosh. Like, again, you would think back then it was still progressive, mm-hmm. right? No, like people still <laughs> yeah. have no idea. Yeah, people no. are still so uneducated when it comes to the topic of other cultures and mm-hmm. other other races. Mm-hmm. It was a little bit more shocking mm-hmm. to see how teachers mm-hmm. were also very ignorant. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on, Guatemala. What yeah. part of Mexico is that from? You know. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it goes back into like the integration. Like, okay, you have all these cultures, but you're not even really teaching Mm -hmm. what's going on, like American history. Like, we're not, I mean, barely talking about black history. I didn't learn about black history outside of MLK and Rosa Parks. Mm -hmm. I did not know really black history. Juneteenth? Didn't know. Didn't know. Didn't know. Literally until (laughs) just a few years ago, I had no idea, never even heard of it. Yeah. No idea. My parents, though, what I, I give them major props for this is that whenever I had like a history project, they would always be like, you have to choose a black person. And I'd be like, I don't want to. Yeah. I really don't. I'm like, can I give this whole black thing a break? Mm-hmm. But now I'm so glad that they did because it's important to just remember where my people have come from mm-hmm. and also we still got some problems. I told my brother, I'm like, I'm very protective over him. I mean, because he's my brother, but he's mixed. So he's kind of lighter and then he has red hair. So it's not often you see, you know, black kid with red hair. Mm, I love it. Yeah, no, he, it's amazing. Yeah, People always think, you know, he dyes it or whatever. But what I get from my friends and from a very early age when we started going to school, I noticed like girls would just be like, oh, we would have great babies. We would have great mixed babies. And mind you, I was on that fetish game of like mixed kids are better and you know, all the things. Which by the way, I've never heard that term before really? until now. Really? Never heard of it. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. Maybe it's a, a black community thing, but it was just like, it, they would always look at him as somebody who could get them to have cute babies. Mm. And then there's like clout with having cute mixed black babies. And I'm like, no, I'm not here for that because my brother is a person. Mm -hmm. He's very kind, he's very thoughtful, he's a gentleman. Like there's so many things to him. And it just makes me think about slavery. It always goes back to slavery, but I'm like, there used to be breeding houses. Like they used to just use black people to breed. And so when I think about people, like thinking about my brother as someone it's weird to say breed with, but mm-hmm. like just so they can get what they want. And I'm like, ah, oh, it's similar mentality of like, oh, we're gonna have these people breed so I can get more property. Interesting. Property. But like, yeah. that's how I think though. Um, I'm like, mm, I, yeah. I'm always, always kind of just questioning. Yeah. How much of not wanting to talk about that out loud or not wanting to talk about it in general, mm-hmm. how much of that has to do with the fact that we have always been told like, 
get over it. That mentality has shut a lot of people up, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. I think it's why it's important to be diverse, yeah. to get into conversations with people who are completely different than you because yeah. those topics that are overplayed, mm-hmm. they're overplayed because we're told that we've talked about it too much, that we need mm-hmm. to move on. But there's still conversations that impact us to this day. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting enough for me too, and it's something I'm learning right now in our yeah. conversation is that you're not an elderly woman, you're a younger generation, mm-hmm. and yet you are still impacted mm-hmm. by everything, mm-hmm. specifically when it comes to your race yeah you know no it's so crazy because i'm like it really wasn't that long ago i didn't even think this would be a topic but i, I want to bring this up to you okay. because i'm interested to see what you think about it something that really bothers me mm-hmm. is when people have a conversation with me and because i'm hispanic they'll adjust their their way of seeing oh. something because like oh right isn't it so delicious it's being rico you know what i mean <laughs> and what's so crazy no is I have seen people do it to some of my black friends who are like, mm-hmm. you know, they go from talking to all of a sudden they go, they get into this yeah. like, girl. Yeah. And in my yes. head, I'm thinking, you can't just talk to me right. like a regular person. You right. automatically right. assume that you're going to be more relatable to me if mm-hmm. you bring in some Hispanic salsa into mm-hmm. the mix. How do you feel when you have mm-hmm. conversations with someone and you notice that they start to change their tone because they think that their tone is relatable to you? Well, there's a few things I think about that. First, I'm always checking. I'm like, I can tell if people have been around black people or not. Or it's that they have, but they don't view black people like they're people. If someone tells me they voted for Obama out of nowhere, red flag. Because I'm like, why? Huge red flag. Why? Because he's black? I hope you're not just voting because mm-hmm. he's black. Give me a policy, something. Because we're, we're so much more than our skin tone. And I think that's something that I'm constantly trying to communicate to people is like, we're so much more than our skin tone and people just cannot look past that. Yeah. And it's unfortunate that it's not only happening to the black community, but to other communities as well, where it's like, oh, this is, this is where it stops. Yeah. We're not going to treat you like a person, like a regular person. Mm -hmm. But I also, so another thought that I had was code switching. A lot of minorities and people of color have to code switch in the means to like survive and for us to get opportunities. Mm -hmm. But when it's like vice versa, it's not the same. The intentions are different. We're trying to survive. Y'all are just not really viewing us as regular people. Mm -hmm. And it's like othering us. I want people to also know that whenever it's done to me, I don't Mm -hmm. immediately jump into defensive mode or I don't get combative. Mm -hmm. It's all about being Mm self-aware. It's being able to catch yourself, did I do that? And it's not to say that it will not happen to me. I can think of instances where I've adapted to Mm -hmm. what someone looks like and tried to be relatable with my tone of voice. Completely inappropriate. Did I catch it? Mm -hmm. Did I think about it? Mm -hmm. Did I go home and not dismiss what I did Mm -hmm. to be aware in the future? I think that's what sets these experiences apart. I even get that as a gay male or Mm -hmm. someone who would not even be flamboyant. All of a sudden, Mm -hmm. they feel so comfortable with being like, yes, bitch. Yes, queen. And in my head, I'm like, when the fuck have you even heard me say that, you know? Now, 
when I meet people and I get really comfortable, mm-hmm. that little gain is, does come yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. I got a little, you know, specifically mm-hmm. when we start talking about fashion and mm-hmm. luxury, and it does come out. Yeah. So I'm specifically talking about the people that I meet for the first time who are trying to be relatable. Mm-hmm. And I don't think people are self-aware enough yeah. to realize how insulting that is, mm-hmm. especially when you add race into it, mm-hmm. you know? So mm-hmm. that's a really good topic. Yeah. And it's crazy because even when I was saying the word black to you, mm-hmm. I'm thinking in the back of my head, am I being rude? Am I being yeah. offensive? Yeah. You have to be aware of those yeah. things. Yeah, and absolutely. the idea that for so long, even now in mm-hmm. 2023, we're told, get over it. Not mm-hmm. everything is about race. Yeah. I'm like, no, but it's easy to say that when you haven't been treated like yeah. your race was everything. Yeah. I had to take a break from talking about race. After 2020, I was just like, I was so disappointed with a lot of people. They would support me, but they wouldn't support the black community. Mm. Like I was a good black it was just so weird to say because i'm like not even a black person just a good black and i would often be the excuse for people's racism i have a black friend i have a black niece let's stop stop there people think that's not really a thing the amount of times that i have been the golden boy Mm -hmm. in the group Mm -hmm. in the conversation just so that someone can deny the fact that they're somewhat ignorant or Mm -hmm. a little bit racist Mm -hmm. no it's like actually a truth yeah And yes, this is talked about a lot, but not enough. Yeah. When I tell you that for so long, I haven't shared a lot of experiences with even Mm. people that I'm really close with because they sound fucking made up. You know, like the scene in a movie where like the kid's eating, you know, in the bathroom. Yeah. When I tell people that I have actually lived through Mm. situations like that because I was treated differently for Mm -hmm. being brown. Mm -hmm. Think of how many people out there have had the same experience, but because Mm -hmm. it's overplayed, Mm -hmm. they don't share them. It breaks my heart because I'm like, no, these are experiences that, yes, you can turn the other cheek and just pretend like it it doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. It's probably not happening to you, but it is happening to us still today. The amount of times that I have felt because I speak properly or because I don't have an accent I'm treated Mm -hmm. differently Mm -hmm. than my mom how she's treated so I go to a new church at Texas State and I had a really good vibe with them and every Monday they gave like free food to college students and my saying was like if it's free it's for me so I'm gonna pull up don't (laughs) even worry about it I will be there (laughs) so I go and I'm like one of the first in line There's a few other students that go ahead of me and they're getting two slices of pizza. The people that are giving out the food, they were volunteers from like a different church, but had to be in their like 70s. Like they were definitely older. And I go and I'm like, hi, like, thank you so much for doing this. You guys don't have to do this. Looking past me, like not even giving me eye contact. And I'm not thinking too much. I'm like, homeboy's old. And so I put my plate out for my pizza and he gives me like one slice. And I'm just kind of sitting there because I was th- I thought everybody was getting two. And there was nothing. I was like, okay, well, thank you so much. And like I talked to, there was like another lady giving out a drink. And I was like, thank you so much. Once again, she didn't talk to me either. I was like, okay, this is weird, but like whatever. I'm not going to think too much about it. Until I sit down with the other students and they all had two pieces. And I said, hey, did you guys ask for two? They're like, no, they just gave me two. I do not want to think when a conflict or something comes up, it's because I'm black. And there was this black girl who I knew really never been there. And I was like, hey, like if there's another black person, I'm like, come sit next to me, like with power in numbers. I was like, hey girl, like come sit next to me. I see she has one piece of pizza. Oh. And I was like, no, please. And I told her, I said, did you ask for just one? She was like, no. 
I just had this like, I felt so defeated, just so sad because I really wanted to like this church. And I actually ended up being at that church for two more years, but it was, I just never expected to experience that kind of microaggression racism in a church setting. I was so upset and I'm like, I cannot believe that just happened. Only two minorities um, in that room. We just got one slice and I'm like, it's pizza. Like I shouldn't be like pumped and so much energy about some pizza and I didn't get my slice, but mm -hmm. I'm like, dang it. Why? What did I do? And I was so nice compared to the other kids. I didn't even say thank you. People still have the audacity to think that you're making it about race again. But I want to go back to something you just said, because yeah. this really does prove why mm -hmm. it's just not easy to get over. You had to swallow that for another two years. <laughs> for two years, you had to swallow that experience. Let's even just take race out of it, yeah, right? Let's yeah. go ahead and pretend that this was a white woman in a relationship, right? Mm -hmm. That for two years, she's been swallowing the fact that her husband treats her different, mm -hmm. right? I don't even know how to even make that make sense. <laughs> I'm trying to be relatable here to all audiences. <laughs> but, but for two years... You swallow it and you don't do anything and then you wonder why she fucking snaps. Mm. We swallow it and it's also because we're trying to protect the peace, right? Mm -hmm. We're not trying to be confrontational yeah. about it, right? And so there you go. You mm -hmm. carry it for another mm -hmm. two years mm -hmm. and people wonder why it's so difficult for us to just move on. Yeah. To just drop it. Just, just let trust. it go. Yeah. You can only sweep so much under the rug until you trip over it. Absolutely. <laughs> right? Oh, I remember very vividly when I went to go get my license for the first time. Uh -huh. And I asked, I'm like, hey, can I get one of the books to study? Mm -hmm. His response to me was, we don't have it in Spanish. Uh -huh. What? I just asked what? you in English. My mom walked over and she was like, well, do you have it in Italian? Uh, we speak other yeah, languages yeah, than yeah. just English and Spanish. Uh -huh. And he was like, well, no. She's like, so can we have the one in English? Yeah. He was just like, yeah, here you go. Sometimes people also forget why you don't speak up in moments. Mm. Shock factor. Mm. It is real. You know that saying like, it sent me. <laughs> I, don't I know it too well? Yeah. I'm sure you know it yeah. too well. Yeah. Because it is so easy to be like, well, if I would have been there, I would have spoken up. Why didn't mm -hmm. you? No, 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 no. Mm. There are some situations just truly my soul is like, be right back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Be right back. Be right back. America. They're like, leave. I'm like, I'm working on it. <laughs> okay? I'm really trying to live in like coma with George Clooney. Yeah. Like I know. Get me out. We talked about church. Yep. Let's get Let's into go. it. So I got saved when I was eight years old. The year I turned eight was wild. So my dad had left to move to Washington, whole side of that family left and didn't tell me until they got there. And my mom got pregnant, got married to my stepdad. My stepdad had a son that was also my age. And so it was just like so much change happened in that year. I don't know why or how, but my parents, and when I say my parents, I'm referring to my stepdad and my mom. We went to church. We all went to church. Don't know why, what called them to it, but yeah, we all started going to church and I just, I really felt the community, but I think, um, actually I know I encountered the Holy Spirit multiple times and it was also the thought that I can have a heavenly father that will love me unconditionally and not leave me. I felt hurt by both of my parents at that time and I was like, no one loves me. 
And so from there, I was baptized at eight and a lot of people get baptized as kids, but then they get baptized again because they, you know, actually really have a relationship with God. But I'm like, no, I was baptized at eight because I truly had an encounter with the Lord and been riding with him ever since. Mm -hmm. I am here today because of him. The Bible, Mm -hmm. the scripture, everything that is from God Mm -hmm. is already in here. I was Mm -hmm. born with the word of God. There are a lot of things that have happened in my life that Mm -hmm. I knew right from wrong. Mm -hmm. And it was just a feeling. Mm -hmm. You cannot teach those feelings. Mm -hmm. So when you see something happening and it makes you feel a certain way, that is your intuition saying, hey, tap into it, please. What God truly intended, the way for us to live and have love and Mm -hmm. acceptance, compassion for other people, we were all born with it. We all have it. It's just a choice if you're going to tap into it or not. Absolutely. I don't need to read the Bible to know of this God I believe in, Mm -hmm. right? But what I will not do is allow people to teach me Mm. about a God Mm -hmm. when I can learn from him on my own. Mm -hmm. I don't Mm -hmm. need to read the Bible from beginning to end to know God. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I think that is a very important message for me because again, for so many years, I haven't been able to truly talk about my experience with Mm. God because I didn't feel like it it would be okay. Some people are going to listen to this episode and be like, I did not know that he had this relationship with God, right? Again, I don't necessarily parade it because I'm ashamed. Mm -hmm. It's just because for so many years I was told I was not allowed to. So I wanted to tap into something a little bit. So going into the the Bible, I started reading the Bible uh, last year and the stories in there are just wild, crazy. Just seeing what people were going through and just learning how God has shown up for them. And it's really helped me with like accepting God's love. A love that's not going to hurt me is really hard to receive. Do you ever have that? Like, do you ever, is it hard to receive that sometimes? Yes. And I think a lot of it comes from the idea that we self-punish ourselves. Just so you know, whenever I say God, God to me comes in a lot of different forms. God to me is not just this one being yeah right or this one energy i find god in the wind yeah yeah water yes yes when i refer to god i don't think of god as this one dimensional yeah yeah we sometimes don't feel like we're worthy Mm. of such a holy spirit coming into our life right Mm -hmm. i've been sexually active with Mm -hmm. men when i was told that was so disgusting right so how does someone so disgusting like Mm -hmm. me get the Holy Spirit or has this interaction with God Mm -hmm. when I'm such an awful, disgusting human being. So I think for so many years, you don't tap into it because of that. So yes, you know, there, I think, I think that happens a lot because we just don't feel like we're worthy of it. God just wants us as we are. You said something about reading the Bible just a year ago. If there's anything I want our listeners to take from this conversation, you choose when it's your time Mm -hmm. to seek that type of relationship Mm -hmm. absolutely it cannot be taught yeah it's the same way i feel about intuition and tapping into it you cannot teach it to people Mm -hmm. we all have it in here Mm -hmm. we all know right from wrong in here you choose whether you're going to tap into it and sometimes it's okay for you to maybe not ever tap into it And, and i don't think that when you if you don't tap into it, you're a bad person yeah or you're causing harm to others but i do think that it's so important to 
just self-reflect mm-hmm. and realize that it doesn't have to be the Christian Bible, a Catholic mm-hmm. Bible, mm-hmm. or anything like that. Yeah. It's just tap into what your heart says. Tap mm-hmm. into when your hair starts to stand up a certain way. Yeah. Tap into those emotions mm-hmm. instead of dismissing them. That's tapping into your connection with yeah. whatever God it is you believe in. Yeah. Skipping forward. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Let's just have a little kiki. Yeah, something like... Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> We're even getting deep. There are all that, these Bible thumpers. Yeah. That, that podcast oh, has changed. Gosh. I noticed on Instagram. Oh, no, I'm nervous. You posted. No, don't Okay, okay, go, go, go. Okay. Uh, I was being a nosy neighbor, though. The guy that opened the door for you. <laughs> okay. So it was an influencer event. Love and it. so I was like, y'all, I'm getting, my DMs are blowing up over this man. I'm like, did I just miss out on my husband? Because mm-hmm. he was so nice. He was so sweet. He was literally just like the security guard. Just so so nice because i was like hey like do you mind opening up the door for me again because he did it twice because i was like i need to get my shot that's right that's why i'm here (laughs) interesting that he did it multiple times for your to get a good shot and there was yeah. something so genuine about the way he did it mm-hmm. that i was like oh, I oh this is a bit yeah, yeah. You know? no and i think uh, other people felt i mean my dms haven't blown up like this in a hot minute because mm-hmm. so something about me i've never been on a date Ever. No. I've never been on a date. I've never kissed anybody. How old are you? I'm 23. Get out of here. You're a baby. <laughs> yeah, I'm a baby. You're a baby. Yeah, I'm yeah. 23. I'm 23. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't I wouldn't consider myself a late bloomer. I'm somebody who I experienced heartbreak at a very young age. It wasn't in a romantic relationship, but it was with my parents. So I've just been very protective with my heart. Mm-hmm. I'm very secure with myself, but something I realized, you know, with self-love and self-worth is I wanted to protect my heart. Life is gonna be hard enough as it is, it's gonna throw things at me. I don't need to make it more difficult for myself. I just want to be kind to people. I don't want the drama, really. I mean, I'll watch it. I will watch it, okay? I'm watching Love is Blind right now. Me too. Yeah! Me too. It's so Me good. Too. Oh, so good. Personally, how I envision, like, the relationship I want, I want my man to pray over me, and I want to pray over my man. A lot of people don't like to be alone i do yeah. i get to give myself things that i didn't get in my childhood yeah. for someone who is 11 years older than you okay taking your time when it comes to dating is so beautiful no <laughs> offense boomers but, <laughs> um, but a lot of them did think like yeah. high school mm-hmm. college marriage mm-hmm. kid live in one house for the rest of your life mm-hmm. our generation is not really tied Mm-mm. to those things yeah and i've noticed that in a way it's kind of a beautiful thing because mm-hmm. you're not rushing into something because it was the norm i personally myself it wasn't until i was maybe 29 28 mm-hmm. 29 when i took myself out on a date for the first time mm-hmm. i actually didn't even eat in public yeah by myself yeah. or go to a movie by myself because yeah. you know i had developed all these insecurities of like oh mm-hmm. people are going to be like he's a mm-hmm. loser he's a loner yeah. or oh my gosh eating by yourself that's so embarrassing mm-hmm. and finally that year i'm like you know what i'm gonna just start taking myself out on those dates yeah. it wasn't until i started doing those things for myself mm-hmm. that all of a sudden people were like hey i'd like to take you out on a date mm-hmm. things just kind of started to fall into place yeah. like that. so i do always encourage everyone take your time when it comes to exploring a relationship with someone mm-hmm. because what you get out of a relationship yes it's beautiful but it's so much better when you give it to yourself first yes so, date yourself date yourself being by yourself is just so freeing and i'm able to if things come up i'm like ask myself why give my give myself space to really dig deep and what i've noticed is that it changed my perspective instead of thinking like oh my partner will fulfill this for me right 
I fulfill this for myself and then you don't have to put that expectation on somebody whose job was to never do that in the first place because mind you they're dealing with their own stuff right they're human if you put on them they need to make me happy they need to make me feel confident that's not really their job okay it's really not their job it's a bonus but that should come from within and i'm very much in a season right now about like controlling what i can and just controlling my behavior like if i show up somewhere I'm like, I control if I have a good time, not anybody else. Even if somebody says something to me or something happens, it's really up to me of like how I react it's to things. It's a choice, absolutely. Yeah, and I've just been enjoying so much with that power of yeah. like, I get to control myself. Cause ooh, baby, I yeah. like to control everybody at first. Mm-hmm. And then when you realize you can't, it just feels like chaos. Yeah. But just releasing that has been really nice. Love it. Yeah. Have you checked your phone to see if your brother's checked in with you? Oh my God, no. <laughs> It was so great meeting you and just talking with you. Yes, I think the best part about our meeting for the first time today, I felt like I was catching up with someone who I had already Mm. talked about these things. I didn't know we were going to talk about race, religion, um, your dating life, the Bible. (laughs) It was so unplanned, but that's what I want these Stranger Danger episodes to be all Mm. about. I don't want to prep someone on Mm. what are the topics we're going to touch on or what are we not allowed to talk about. We Mm -hmm. we can talk about all of it. That's the beauty of it. I want to meet people. And hopefully Stranger Danger is also a really good pivotal point for a lot Mm -hmm. of people to realize he's had so much diversity Mm -hmm. in that podcast, Mm -hmm. and yet they were still able to enjoy their time together, Yeah, right? Because I'm sure maybe another guest will Mm -hmm. will have opposing feelings. There's a misconception that because we've had these negative experiences Mm -hmm. with primarily white people, Mm -hmm. that you would think that we would not treat white people with respect. And I I never go into a a situation with that hurt. Yeah. But that's so important to know. Mm -hmm. It is a choice. Yeah. Right? It absolutely is. Mm -hmm. I think about character. Mm -hmm. I'm like, who do I want to be? I want somebody to feel safe around me, to have, you know, a disagreeing thoughts uh someone who feels seen when they're with me mm-hmm. and also that they feel loved and cared about For like sure. even if you're a stranger like i want to bring that to a conversation you i'm do always that very well by the way thank you mm-hmm. i i've it's been a lot of inner work mm-hmm. and being very intentional yeah because I, I realize as soon as you're not an adult, people stop kind of caring about you because mm-hmm. they're like, well, you're not a kid anymore. I don't care. Yeah. And seeing that, how so many people yearned for that, I was like, if I can bring that to people, that would be such a gift. When it comes to white people, we do also feel for the white people that did not grow up mm. with an environment where they had people that were ignorant towards mm. other races and that it's cost them such a bad way. Absolutely. I think that's also something that yeah. goes untalked about, yeah. right? Like, oh, we don't want to give white people the sympathy, but I really do mm-hmm. feel for the white yeah. people who they, they don't make mm-hmm. people feel the way they others yeah. have made us feel yeah. Yeah. and yet they're punished for it. This is truly just to bring light Mm -hmm. to our experiences Mm -hmm. and share part of our journey and that's part of getting to know someone right Mm -hmm. absolutely i i thoroughly enjoyed my time Mm -hmm. thanks for being vulnerable with me because you matched it not everybody always matches it that's totally fine but you you brought that too and i think that um allowed us to have like a just a deeper conversation so thank you so much for holding space for me look at us using social media to actually socializing come on to network and meet people and and it's not just a number it's not Mm -hmm. just to influence it's Mm -hmm. not 
for any of the things that social media has taken the turn for, which mm-hmm. aren't always bad. I love yeah. that we were able to go back to that root of mm-hmm. what started social media, yeah. the intention behind social media, even though I'm sure there was an agenda to get people more hooked on their phones, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But I'm, I, I like that we're grabbing that intention mm-hmm. and doing something good with it. Yeah. And I think meeting people is something beautiful. I think that right now, while every podcaster is trying to get this it interview with mm-hmm. a celebrity, I want to go in a different direction. Yeah. I want to really connect with people yeah. that aren't always highlighted. So many people aren't celebrities. Mm-hmm. They like being highlighted. They like to be heard. Mm-hmm. Yes, I do have some recording artists that will be mm-hmm. on the podcast in the future. And yes, I do intend to take it there. Yeah. But right now, this was my calling. Yeah. So thank you for being a part of that. Absolutely. Y'all. This podcast is about to blow up. I'm just going to let y'all know. Keep watching. Keep subscribing. And I can't wait to see what happens for you. Stranger danger. Stranger danger.